Hey, we are uh, continuing the series, He Will Be Called, and just looking at, uh, in this Christmas season, and, and the names that, uh, that uh, Jesus has been called as we look forward to His birth, and as it was prophesied about Him being born. So, if you have your Bibles, turn in the book of Isaiah. This is a scripture we're focusing on. And uh, Isaiah, if you don't know where that is, it's in the Old Testament. You can generally speak and take your Bible and just about half it, and you should be somewhere around Psalms, and you can kind of go over to the right a couple of books. But if that doesn't work, look in your index, and it'll tell you what page it's on. If you have my Bible, it's page 686. Uh, but uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called... Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And those are the things that we're talking to you about in this series. And just to look at what those things mean. Now, this morning we are looking at the Everlasting Father. And here's what I thought as I was preparing this message. I think, at least in my mind, and if you're like me in some ways, you're not like me in a lot of ways, thank goodness for you, but you're like me in some ways, I bet. Everlasting, eternal, forever is just a really hard concept to grab a hold of. Is it for you that way? The idea of that something lasts forever? I mean, how do we, how do we measure that? How do we... How do we think about what it means forever? Our minds, we're so temporal. Our society and everything around us is so temporal. The idea of something being forever is just like, golly, how in the world do I wrap my brain around that concept that something is everlasting or forever? I heard somebody say one time, I don't know who it was a long time ago, and it's not an it's not a, a explanation of what it means forever or eternity, but it was just kind of a, a vain human attempt at this, and they said this, maybe you've heard this, you know, it's, it's a thing that's been going around for a while. Eternity, forever, everlasting is the idea. If you had a little bitty sparrow, and that sparrow flew from the east coast all the way across to the west coast beaches and picked up one grain of sand, one grain from the west coast, and then flew all the way back to the east coast and deposited that grain and then flew all the way back and picked up another grain and flew back and deposited it for that bird to transfer all of the beach area from the west coast to the east coast and then to move the east coast and all of that back to the west coast that would be like one second in eternity <laughs> now, even that now see that just we can't fathom that as human beings i think it is so hard for us to understand what that means, everlasting. And then we see this phrase in the Scripture. It says he will be called the everlasting Father. The forever. Talking about Jesus being born. There's going to be a child that's going to be born to us. And he's going to be the everlasting Father. And so I think, you know, for us, we think, how long is forever? My gosh. You know, for us, forever is the 10 seconds it takes for our computer to load a new web page, right? Oh gosh, this thing is so slow, it's moving like a dinosaur, you know. 
and you know, faster speed and do all this, but the, the minute that we have to wait just a few seconds, it's like, oh, I'm bored. This thing's got to move on. Come on, come on, come on. I've got to hurry. For, for a child, you know, forever is the 10 minutes that we try to ask them to sit still while they're getting their hair cut. <laughs> they got to wiggle. they got to move forever. Oh, my gosh. For some of you, I want to say up front, not for me. For some of you, forever is the amount of time that your in-laws are visiting you during the holidays. You know, it's, oh my gosh, when are they going? Not for me. Bill and Brenda, if you're listening to this podcast, I love you. You're my most favorite in-laws. Right? So we have this concept, it's hard for us, and we, we assign things, we say things like, Oh, man, you know, that, that lasts forever. And I think about, and you probably know this, I bet you have some, you know, little tykes, toys. Those hard plastic toys, those things we say, man, those things last forever. You can't destroy them, it seems like. You can't get rid of them. They just, they just stay around forever and ever and ever. If you've ever taken one to the landfill, it's going to be there when Jesus comes back. Right? It's not, it's not going to deteriorate. So we, we assign things like that. Like, man, this stuff lasts forever. And even, even something as, as simple and as silly that you may identify a very famous clip from a movie that said a piece of candy was everlasting. Watch this clip. That's exploding candy for your enemies. Great idea, isn't it? Not ready yet, though. Still too weak. Needs more jellic man. Gives it a little kick. Wonka. Butterscotch. Butter gin. Got something going on the side of it. Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker. <laughs> What's the matter? Too hot, Mr. Wonka? Too cold. Far too cold. That's a gourmet cooking for you. <laughs> no! Don't! Please! Forgive me, but no one must look under there. This is the most secret machine in my entire factory. This is the one that's really going to sizzle old Slugworth. What's it do? Would you like to see? makes everlasting gobstoppers. Did you say everlasting gobstoppers? That's right. For children with very little pocket money, you can suck them forever. I want an everlasting gobstopper. Me too. And me. Fantastic invention. Revolutionize the industry. You can suck them and suck them and suck them, and they'll never get any smaller. Never. At least I don't think they do. A few more tests. How do you make them? I'm a trifle deaf in this ear. Speak a little louder next time. Who wants an everlasting gobstopper? Me. I can only give them to you if you solemnly swear to keep them for yourselves and never show them to another living soul as long as you all shall live. Agreed? Agreed. Agreed. Good. One for you, and one for you, and one for you. Yeah, what about Charlie? And one for Charlie. He 
least she's got two. I want another one. Stop squawking, you twit. Everybody has had one, and one is enough for anybody. Now come along. So, ever, uh, everlasting, who wants an everlasting gobstopper, right? We, it's funny, you know, like, like candy could last forever. Like little tykes toys can last forever. Like in-laws visiting can, well, yeah, maybe that can be forever. Think about that. So that's hard for us to understand. So then we do things like, uh, if we can't think of what it means forever, what if we kind of narrow it down to think about things lasting a lifetime? I mean, that's long, isn't it? If it lasts a lifetime, it's like, my gosh, this is, this is going to last a lifetime. Hence, there are a lot of products out that say they have a lifetime warranty. These things will last your lifetime. If not, we'll replace them, all right? Like this nice Tilly hat that I have, which is Cliff's, right? Lifetime warranty. They'll give you a new one if it ever wears out. It's what they say. Now, this one looks like it's still in good shape. But they say they'll do that. Anybody have a Tilly hat? How about, how about things like this? I have some goodies in my bag for you today. Well, they're really not for you, but they're, they come from my house. Hey, how about these? Any hunters in the congregation? Yes, you're afraid to raise your hand. These are genuine redhead Bass Pro Shop version hunting socks. Wool. Lifetime warranty if they ever wear out they'll give you another pair i've had these for probably six or seven years you don't want to smell them but they still look like they're in good shape right okay how about i won't put these in your hat cliff how about this anybody know what this is what kind of screwdriver it's a it's a craftsman screwdriver tell them what they've won right it's a craftsman screwdriver you know, craftsman tools have a lifetime warranty. This one breaks. If I buy one at a yard sale that's broken, I take it to Sears, and they will give me a new one, right? They will replace their tools. So don't ever waste your money on buying anything else. Buy craftsman tools. They're not giving me a, any kind of a kickback on that. How about, these, how about this? And I'll move on. You think, good grief, are you going to get to the point? How about this? What's this, ladies? It's Tupperware, right? Life time warranty how many of you have tupperware in your cabinets you got it from your great 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 grandmother maybe it will replace it they say it's a lifetime warranty what's this what kind of skillet what kind of frying pan it's a pampered chef right guaranteed guaranteed replacement if it ever wears out there are products after products that say that they have a lifetime warranty now if we think about that and it's just the idea of what does that mean what is a lifetime what is forever and then we read here in this scripture again that we see here it says for us to us a child is born to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What in the world, how do we wrap our brains around that idea that Jesus, a little baby, is going to come and be born, and he is going to be called the Everlasting Father, Foreverlasting Father. How do we understand that? How do we deal with that? What does that mean for us, well, I think there are there are some things that are important that um, that we can look at. Now, it, it may not make 
a whole lot of sense for us to hear Everlasting Father in the context that it would have for the Israelites. So if you go back and really, if you just read chapter 8 before chapter 9 in the book of Isaiah, what you'll understand is, and if you know any history about the Israelites, is that that God was telling them, because you've disobeyed me, you've not done what I've said, here's what's going to happen. The king of Assyria is going to come, and he's going to take over the whole northern kingdom of Israel, which included Galilee. And he's going to take that over, and they're going to rule over you. And they were accustomed to understanding what it meant to have a king. And you go back and read through the Old Testament to know that Israel had king after king. And sometimes they would do fairly decent, and other times they would be horrible, and they would want a new king. And so they understood this idea of being ruled And they knew what it meant to have a king. But now God was saying, since you don't want me to be in charge of your life and you don't want to live the way that I have called you to live, I am going to allow the king of Assyria to come and take over the whole northern kingdom. And you're going to be held in captivity and you're going to be like slaves. And he tells them that it's going to be a bad deal for them. So they understood of what happened when they got to the idea of a promise coming But for unto you a child is going to be born. And he's going to be called not a temporary leader, not an evil king, not someone who does wrong, but he's going to be a wonderful counselor, he's going to be a mighty God, and he is going to be an everlasting ruler, father over you. Forever he will rule. And he will rule in a way that's just and right. He won't... He won't hold things against you. He won't treat you harshly. You have someone who is going to last forever. Look in uh, chapter 8, verse 22, and it talks about what uh, God had told them of Isaiah eight twenty-two. It says, after, after these things, talking about what was going to happen, he says in verse 22 of chapter 8, Then they, meaning the Israelites, they will look toward the earth and see only distress, and darkness, and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Man, can you imagine hearing that and knowing this is what you have to look forward to? This is what's going to happen. There's going to be no... There's not going to be no light at the end of the tunnel. It's going to be dark and gloomy and you're going to be afraid. And it's going to be bad for you because you're going to have a king who is ruling over you who is going to treat you this way. And this is the way that you're going to feel. So for the Israelites, they understood this, I think, a lot better than than we have uh, maybe the ability to understand this language of having a king and being ruled over them. But... The promise comes what we read in verse 6 of chapter 9. He says, all these things are going to happen. This is going to happen, and it did. These things are going to happen. But in verse 6, he tells us, as we see that again, um, that, that there's going to be a child. And for, to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. He is going to be the everlasting Father. The King, the Ruler, the One who doesn't change. See, earthly kings reign, and depending on whether they're good or bad, whatever happens, their reign ends. It's temporary. Even if it lasted for a hundred years, it's temporary. There's a time when all people who are human and kings back in that day, they, they would rule 
but they're going to die, right? And he's saying, hey, your pain, your suffering, the things that you're going to go through, the gloom and the doom and the fear that you have, it's temporary. It's not going to last forever because for unto us there's going to be a son who's going to be born and he's going to be all of these things and he's going to be the everlasting father who never changes and continues to treat us the way that is right in his sight. What an awesome promise that is, isn't it? To think that here were these people who could think about what they were going through and what was going to happen and that, hey, this is, this is not going to stay forever. This is going to change one day. We have a promise. Look over, uh, if you have your Bibles, in the New Testament. It's the, um, the first book of the New Testament, Matthew. We call those the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, the go- first gospel that we have in our Bible. Chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. It says, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee, leaving Nazareth. He went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. And this goes back to chapter 9, verse 2. It says, land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. That scripture is a direct fulfillment of the prophecy that Isaiah said in verses in verse nine, in chapter nine there. That one day there's going to be a child that's born. Not only was it fulfilled when Jesus was born, but the light that was given, the promise that they would be delivered, the promise that things would be okay, that one day things would change. That promise was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ as Matthew displays to us there. That that was a promise. Now, here's what my mind does when I, when I read that. Back in Isaiah when he says, okay, hey, this is what's going to happen. But, hey, don't worry. For unto you is going to be a child. And, man, things are going to be great. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, it's, um, it's 10 o'clock now. Maybe by 12 that child will be born and then all my problems will be solved. Right? Now, as best as I can determine, this is not a scientific number, but somewhere in the area of 900 years passed between that prophecy that was given and when it was fulfilled in Matthew. Somewhere around that area, as best as I can tell. 900 years. Now, that seems like forever. 900 years. These people had a hope. They had something to hang on to. They had something to know. And it doesn't, now, in between there, some circumstances got a little better and sometimes they were worse. But the ultimate promise of a child being born and that light being offered as hope for not from the one who is called the everlasting father, but to us as everlasting life, that promise was fulfilled. 900 years. We get impatient, don't we? Some of you have been wigging out because we've just had another re-election of somebody that some of you don't care for and you think it's the end of the world. The most that's going to last is four more years, right? And then somebody else is going to be in there that you hate and you complain about and you think that's going to rule your life. Isn't that something? We're so impatient when it comes to things of gloom and doom and distress and problems and thinking that we've got it tough. And here are the Israelites who have been given the promise and some of those, uh, you know, they've given that promise. It's 900 years later before it actually comes to fulfillment. God kept His promise. And here's the good news for us. We live in that promise. 
we still live in that promise. So here's what I want you to think about today as you uh, hopefully kind of understand that passage a little bit and understand this idea of him being called the everlasting father. Here's a little uh, little point that I wrote down. Maybe you'll help you to grab a hold of this and you remember some of the things that you've heard in this message. But here's what we can think about. In order for him to be called the everlasting father, you have to call on the everlasting father. In order for him to be called the everlasting father in your life, you have to call on the one who is the everlasting father. Now, if you don't call on him, that doesn't mean he's not the everlasting father because scripture says he is called. He is that one. It's not dependent on whether or not you believe it or accept it or whatever. It's not based on you. That is who he is as a savior to the world. But he is not that for you until you call on the one who is the everlasting father. There's a scripture, uh, you don't have this one uh, in, on the screen, but in the, book of, uh, in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 46, listen, listen to this uh, scripture, Luke six forty-six, And here is the concept with this, and it's the idea of, of understanding that just because he says he's going to call this, call the everlasting Father, doesn't mean that it's that for you. It says, why do you call me Lord? Lord, this is Jesus speaking, and do not do what I say. I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But... The one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The torrent, uh, the moment uh, that the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Now here's the thing that I want you to know in that phrase. In order for him to be the everlasting father for you, you have to call on the everlasting father. This is a season and this is a time where everybody's talking about, oh, uh, it's about the birth of Jesus and he's the savior of the world. And we even do that outside of this Christmas time, talking about Jesus is the savior of the world. He is that. We can't take that away from him. That has been assigned to him by God the Father. That's not something that we can change. But sometimes I feel like because we hear that so much and this season we get all warm and fuzzy about being nice and all of these different things that surround this season and it makes us feel good. But I want you to know this scripture does not apply to you if you have not called on his name. It's just something that you know about. It's something like that you've read. It's something that is true but you have not experienced personally. And we have to come to that point to where we call on Him. Him being born was true. Him being the light of the world was true. Him experiencing death on a cross and paying the penalty for our sin is true. Being put in the grave and raised to life so that we could have life with Him is all true, but it's not true for us if we haven't believed in that. So I want you to think about that this morning. The everlasting Father. The Romans is another scripture that you may be familiar with uh, in the book of Romans, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And they say this, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the Scripture says, anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who, what's the next word? Call on Him. For everyone who, next word, calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He will be called. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. But He will not be called that for you until you call on Him. So important that we don't just think that we can jump in with the crowd and be a part of the conversation and mingle amongst the people and think that somehow that really means something for us. It has the potential to mean a lot for us when we call on Him. So here's the second thing. Um, uh, or the first thing, every, that every one of us has the opportunity to experience eternal life with Him because of everything that I just said. We all have that opportunity to experience everlasting life with Him. And it's important for us to understand that. The second thing is this. Every single one of us can identify with the feeling of gloom and doom and darkness and distress. Would you agree? Anybody here not ever been feeling like Eeyore? Oh, bother. Have you ever felt gloom and distress? Have you ever been afraid? Have you ever been distressed? I think every single person here, if, if you haven't, I want to talk to you after. I would love to know how you have managed and now, if any of the little babies could, you know, maybe they haven't got there yet. But as, a, as, a, as younger people and adults, have, have you not been there? The gloom and doom. And here was this, here was God telling these people, this is where you will be. You're going to look around. There is no hope to be found. There is nothing but gloom and doom and distress. Have you ever been in a situation in your life? Maybe you're there, there now. You're in the midst of something and you cannot see a way out of it and to you it feels like forever. It just feels like it's going to go on and on and on. There's no way out. And it has gripped you. And it has seized you. And you don't have a king who rules over you, but you've got something that is gripped over you that is holding you captive as if you were in a land that was ruled by a king that was holding you a slave. It's gripped you. And it's gloom or it's doom or I don't know what it is in your life, but I think all of us know what that's like. And the good news is we don't have to wait 900 years for that to change. We live in the promise. The promise has been fulfilled through the person of Jesus Christ. We live in that now. We have the ability through Him to be delivered from death with eternal life. We have the ability to be delivered from the things that hold us captive. It doesn't mean that you've got something going on, you're going to say, oh God, deliver me, and then two seconds later, all circumstances have changed. But God is the only one through the person of Jesus Christ who can lift us up out of that. Have you ever had a pity party? I've blowed the candles on my cake 
And some of them are still smoldering. But just recently, I've had a pity party. I've, oh. Who am I? What can I do? How's God going to use me? Blah, 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 blah. Have you ever been there? Look at what I've done. I'm so stupid. Right? Had a pity party? I'm sorry I didn't invite you. I like to have mine on my own. Except for my poor family who has to experience the party. When it's like going to a party that you haven't been invited to, you know. But the candles are still smoking and I'm about out of it. But I, I've been there and you say, well, that's no big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal to me. It's a big deal to me. And some of the stuff is just stupid. It's just circumstantial stuff. That in the time you think, it's never going to get any better. It's always going to be this way. It's just circumstances. I can say to you very easily, <laughs> man, it's hard when that grips a hold of you, isn't it? It's hard to let that go. It's hard just to say, oh, well, God is on his throne and everything is wonderful. Matter of fact, that's the last thing I want to hear when I'm having a pity party. I know that. If I, if, if I was believing it right then, you think I'd be lighting the candles? I think we all get there. You may be there right now. I want you to know the promise has been given. You may be in gloom and doom and you look around and nothing you can see is, not, is everything is darkness. But God says the promise is that for unto us a son is given and that has happened in the person of Jesus Christ. So here's what I want you to say. The scripture says for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. I want you to put your name in place of the word us. All right? When you say, say your first name, last name, your nickname, God knows who you are. I want us to read that out loud, and I want to hear you put your name in both those places where it has the word us. Are you ready? For unto a child is born, to a son is given. The government's going to be on his shoulders, and he's going to be the one who's called the wonderful counselor of the mighty God and the everlasting Father. That is an awesome promise that we can grab a hold of. And I want to challenge you today to understand that and to hold on to that and to know that He loves you and that He cares for you. And think about this, that because He is the everlasting Father, He is forever hopeful, He is always faithful, and His love is endless. Because He's the everlasting Father, we are extended never-ending grace. Never-ending grace. Longer than a lifetime warranty on a pair of socks. Longer than pampered chef who will replace your pan. Never-ending. Not temporary. Not things that we feel like last forever. This does last forever. It's never-ending. We have a consistent, a competent, eternal judge and a king, everlasting. Because he's the everlasting father, we can be delivered from gloom and darkness and fear. And because he's the everlasting father, we can have everlasting life. This season that we're in, and it's really true all the time, but we focus a little more during this time of the year. This season is more about, more than a story in the Bible. It's, it's more than gifts. It's more than decorations. It's more than church services. It's more than 
work parties. It's more than wishing people a Merry Christmas versus saying Happy Holidays. It's more than all that, isn't it? It's more than those things. Because none of those things last forever. All of those things are temporary. This season is about being forever changed by the one who is called the everlasting Father. That's what it's about. And I want you to know that He can change your life. But He will not be the everlasting Father for you until you call on Him as the everlasting Father. If you've never done that and given your life to Him and accepted this promise of the person of Jesus Christ, that's where you start. Can you call Him your everlasting Father or do you just have to read about what it is for other people? If you're in what I call the funk, or it's gloom and doom, or there are real, genuine circumstances in your life that have pressed you down, and they're keeping you down, and you are depressed, and they are holding on to you, and they have a grip on you, and they are ruling over you, I want you to know, according to God's promise and plan, it may be tough. It may be hard. It may be the toughest thing that you've ever gone through. I assure you, it will not last forever. And God can help you with that as you call on Him. This is what I want us to do this morning. I'm going to ask the band if they would come up. And they're going to get ready to play in just a moment. And I, I, I want to give a, t- a time of invitation. We don't do it every time we preach, but I want to uh, formally, so to speak. But I want to give you a chance to respond today. I want to give you a chance to get up from where you are and move to where God wants you to be today. In two ways at least, and you may think of something else. And it's to those of you, and I hope if you hear us say this on a regular basis, that it doesn't just fly over your head because it's so important. It hinges on everything that we do. Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He is the everlasting Father. But He will not be that for you until you call on Him. Today you can do that. Nothing special needs to happen. A different service doesn't need to take place. You don't have to come and shake my hand and talk to me unless you want to, and I'd love to do that. You can accept Him as your Lord and Savior today by simply saying, I know that I've messed up. My life is a wreck. I know that I've sinned. I am trusting in the person of Jesus Christ. I want to claim the gift of the promise that you prophesied back in Isaiah, and I want that promise for my life today that Jesus can be everlasting life for me if you need help in how to word that or what you need to say i'll be glad to help you cliff is down front grab somebody beside you if they can do that and just ask them if they could help you but i'm going to give you time to come down here and just kneel and pray and then for the for those of you who know that you've made that decision i want to ask you you know what is there something going on in your life now that's just got a grip on you and you may feel like it is going to last forever and you need to just let that go and give that to god and say god These circumstances stink. I don't like it. It feels like it's going to last forever. But even if it continues until the day I die, it's only temporary. And you give it to God and let Him change that. So if you would, just stand up with me. I'm going to ask if you'd all just stand. And just, just bow your heads, not because that makes it any more important, but just help you to kind of tune out. Help you just to kind of just kind of focus from distractions that might be in your life or, or 
somebody beside you or just just tune out. Just everybody just close your eyes. And if you would, just kind of say with me in, in your own heart, God, clear my mind. Calm me. Confirm in me what I think you have said during this message. Give me the strength to respond to you. You've still got your heads bowed, your eyes are closed. I'm just going to say if anybody needs to respond, you just walk forward. Nobody looking around. It's between you and God. Just come and kneel and pray. seconds. Anybody else needs to come down and just kneel and pray. You may do it right where you are. God, we love you and we thank you. Thank you that you think enough of us that so many years ago Even before time began, you had us on your mind. You knew that we would have a tendency to be ruled by people and things. You knew ahead of time how we are. And Lord, I just thank you that you have given us a promise. It's not something that we read about in history that doesn't apply anymore. It's something that you said would happen. It has happened. It is fulfilled. The promise It's ours. We don't have to wait. We don't have to look forward to 900 years before we can claim it. Today is the day of our salvation. Today is the day that we allow you to rule our lives. So, Lord, help us to experience that promise. You are a wonderful counselor. You are a mighty God. Forever, you're lasting as our Father. And we thank you for that. Encourage us this day. Let us be reminded that of that when things try to grab a hold of us and rule us. Let us be reminded that you are our king forever. And it's in the name of the everlasting Father, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen.